I'm Steve Maletto from Teaching, Learning, Leading K-12, a proud member of the Education Podcast Network, just like the show you're listening to right now. The opinions expressed are those of the individual hosts. Make sure you check out all the other great podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com. And get ready, because the learning begins in three, two, one. I started to look up and see that's the end that I have if I keep going down this path at this pace. And I don't want that. Mm -hmm. And so something's going to have to change. I'm going to have to put something different in my life to make sure that I don't end there on a medical leave in a hospital somewhere. Welcome to the Burned In Teacher Podcast. I'm Amber Harper, and the educators on this podcast are brave enough to share their stories of burnout with the world. On BIT, we get real, we get honest, and we take action. Action against the burnout with stories from burned out teachers, advice from experts, and actionable steps you can take today to beat the burnout and become a happier, more fulfilled human being. Let's get started. Hey, hey there, Burned In Teachers. Welcome to episode 37 of the Burned In Teacher Podcast. One part burnout and all other parts action, inspiration, and support for teachers dealing with burnout. I'm your host, Amber Harper, and as always, I'm absolutely thrilled that you've decided to tune in today. I know that you've got a lot of options when it comes to podcasts, so the fact that you're tuning in today means the world to me, and thank you so much for doing so. Okay, so here's the deal. How many of you have had the realization that Dr. Lau shared in the soundbite at the beginning of this episode? How many of you have wondered if or have actually had the experience that he was describing? My friends, what he's describing is the reality of a lot of teachers out there. I know it was mine for sure. And this is exactly why I knew that he had to come on to the Burned In Teacher podcast and share what he knows and teaches about the four rhythms of rest with us today. Now, before you roll your eyes and tune out, hear me out. Here's a hard and true fact. This episode is here for a reason. You tuned in today for a reason. Self-care is more than a bubble bath. It's more than bottles of wine with friends. It's more than binge watching old episodes of friends. I see you. I know that's what you're doing and you're thinking you're taking care of yourself. But what you're going to learn today from Dr. Lau is that there's a difference between leisure, escape, and true rest. And I can't wait to dive in. But before we dive into the interview and I introduce our guest, I want to let you know that this episode is brought to you by the Teacher Burnout Quiz. Find out what type of burnout you're struggling with so you can take the appropriate steps necessary to beat it. This quick six-question quiz will help you not only identify what burnout type you are, but I send you your results right away. And if you choose to opt in for the teacher burnout cheat sheet, you'll also be able to identify the stage of burnout you're in and get specific actions on what to do next to beat your specific type of burnout. As Dan Siegel says, if you can name it, you can tame it. And that's exactly what we're doing with the teacher burnout quiz and the teacher burnout cheat sheet. So go to bit.ly slash BIT quiz or go to burnedinteacher.com and opt in to take the free teacher burnout quiz today. Okay, 
Now to dive into our guest, Dr. Nate Lau. What I'm so excited about this interview is that you'll learn through our conversation that we have a history. He actually used to be my high school principal. Yes, that's how well he knows me. Not only that, I actually had his son in school and our oldest daughters are very best friends. It's no coincidence, in my opinion, that we were brought together to talk about self-care and rest for teachers. It's something that we're both so passionate about. Dr. Lau has been in education for over 23 years. He was a teacher, a coach, an administrator, and now professor at Indiana Wesleyan University. He got his bachelor's from Taylor University, his master's in education administration from Indiana University, and of course, his PhD in educational leadership from Purdue University. But what I'm going to talk to him about today is his work with Run Hard, Rest Well, and you'll learn about this amazing organization as we talk about the four rhythms of rest. But Run Hard, Rest Well is an organization that introduces people to a transformative blueprint of work, rest, and rhythm. They also equip leaders to create an organizational culture that is vibrant, engaging, and sustainable. And of course, they prepare people in high-stress professions to thrive, counteracting the destructive nature of overload. I hope that sounds familiar because that's very closely aligned to the mission of Burned In Teacher. Now let's dive into this interview with Dr. Nate Lau. Nate, Mr. Lau, Dr. Lau, thank you so much for joining us on the Burned In Teacher podcast today. Thank you for having me and just call me Nate, please. (laughs) It's hard for me to decide what it is to call you because I've known you in all three types of relationships, you know, since we've known each other. So it's, I'm so excited about this conversation. Good, me too. So tell us a little bit about, first of all, how you got into education in the first place. Okay. Uh, My father was a teacher uh, for his entire working career and I grew up in Ohio there. And then I ended up at Taylor University and as an education major, social studies education. And I was hired right out of college back in the mid nineties to teach at West Noble High School, where I met a student named Amber and she is the host of this podcast. And so that was my introduction into education. I was a teacher and a coach. for about five years and then I got my administrative license through Indiana University and uh, became the assistant principal there at West Noble so all of most of my experience at least in P12 was high school and then became the principal at the high school there and did that for five years and then I started working with a an alternative school that worked with at-risk youth and we had campuses all over the state and I did that for almost five years And now I'm a professor at Indiana Wesleyan University teaching teachers that want to become school administrators. So that's my journey. This is year 23 of education for me. And then, of course, what we're going to talk about here in a little bit is your work with Run Hard, Rest Well. Yes. Yes. So so throughout that journey, did you ever experience burnout? Was that something that you had ever, you know, wondered if that's what you were feeling? Um, and if so, what is it that you did to get out of that burnout? I don't know that I, that I ever felt burnt out. I, I'm pretty driven. And so I, I just felt like maybe I was climbing that career ladder and taking those opportunities. Um, you know, I was getting awards like 30 under 30 from Fort Wayne, you know, like 
um, movers and shakers or whatever in business and industry. And so I just felt like it was part of the deal and didn't realize, I think, how um, busy and overextended and exhausted that I was even getting. Mm-hmm. Um, and it wasn't until uh, that last, when I was working at the alternative school, that the director of that organization uh, started seeing that because we were working with some high risk populations um, and it was a high burnout field to be in with alternative education all over the state. And so he recommended that once a month um, that all the administrative team, there was 12 of us, that we would take a day just to be, to disengage from work, uh, to be alone, to be in solitude, um, to experience stillness, to uh, meditate, pray, whatever. Um, And so we had to find a place. He wanted us to be in a cabin somewhere or in the woods. He's kind of an outdoorsy guy and he he had all these rules for us. And so when he presented this to us, um, it sounded amazing. And I was like, oh yeah, I need that. I want to do that. Well, the first month passed and we came back to the uh, admin meeting the next month and we were supposed to go around and report out who had taken their day away to just rest and refresh and reconnect. And um, none of us had done it. None of us, even though it sounded amazing, none of us really knew how to do that because we were all driven. We all had responsibilities. None of us felt like we could walk away from our teachers, from our colleagues, uh, you know, that were in the middle of the fire. And so none of us had done it. And so he said, all right, let's do it this way. He said, if you haven't taken a day next month, by the time we meet, don't come back. Like, at all. We all wanted our jobs. I mean, he was basically saying, if you don't do, I value this so much and I see the need for it in you so much that if you don't do it, you don't get to work here. And so that hit pretty hard. And so I went home and told my wife, I said, hey, if I don't take a day in a cabin somewhere to be alone and to re- revitalize myself, um, I don't have a job in a month. And she was like, and I said, I don't know where to go. Well, she had had, um, Brenda Jank from Run Hard Rest Well had come and shared at her MOPS group back when our daughter was one year old or whatever. And they offered a place at Camp Luther Haven for people to go to, for free just to be in a cabin and enjoy the woods and uh, build a fire if you wanted to or go on a kayak or whatever and just enjoy that space. And so she said, why don't you go there? And that's how I first um, was able to connect with Brenda and Run Hard Rest Well and start reading through the material because I had never done anything like that. I didn't know how to stop working. I didn't know how to stop doing and just be. And so, and nobody, none of us did. Uh, It's just, it's not something that you learn. Um, People teach you how to work. They don't teach you how to stop working. You know, I heard someone today just say, I was at a meeting actually at Camp Luther Haven today, um, and I heard someone say, we are human beings, not human doings. But we, we wrap up our entire self-worth, our value in what we do instead of who we are. And do we ever have space to just be yeah. still and be okay with that, guilt-free? 
It's so interesting that you bring that up because last night um, in my small group program, we were talking about this idea of busyness, busyness with a Y and how, you know, in a capitalist society, we are judged and our value is wrapped up into what we make or what yeah. we build or what we do. And if, I mean, think about it. When, when people ask you how you are or you ask someone, hey, it's good to see you. How are you? What is their answer? Good. Busy. Right. <laughs> so I even busy. have people, they'll ask me, how are you? Busy? Like they give me the answer. <laughs> they don't even wait. They just assume that I'm busy yeah. because that's the expectation. So yeah, yeah I, I feel that. And I can relate also to what you were saying about, you know, being driven. And um, even if you have an administrator who um, encourages you to take a day to, to be rested or to rest well, or if you're sick, you know, how many teachers have you in your experience and, and mine too come to school sick because they either don't want to take the day or it's a pain to make sub plans. Right. Right. But they they don't want to let go of that control of their of their kids, or they feel completely one hundred percent responsible for everything that happens when they're gone, and they don't even take the time to rest when they're very ill. So it's it's such an interesting thing, and I cannot wait to get into this concept of of run hard, rest well, and what that is because I've only recently learned about it, and the whole concept of being able to go into the woods into a cabin for free and just enjoy nature and just take a second to be a human being rather rather than a human doing, like you said. I've heard that quote before and I, I think it's so, it's so enlightening um, to think about yourself that way and to take a step back and really say, you know what, you're right. I know you had a story that you, you wanted to share about maybe you not going through you know, the, the adverse effects of burnout, but you know somebody in your life who has. Right. I was, I was telling you um, about my father. Um, he was a teacher and in the last three or four years of his teaching career, he had, um, he had developed, he worked with elementary students and had developed this, um, uh, he was a PE teacher and this non-competitive curriculum and this play, playground that was beautiful and um, had just really developed an amazing fitness program for these kids at a at a school right down the road from his house he could walk or ride his bike to and had just really built that program up well about three or four years before he retired they had some cutbacks in the school and there was a um, a person with one more year of seniority that saw his position and was able to bump him out of that and and put him into a very stressful middle school setting that was not his forte is not his comfort area um, and inner city um, just it was a really rough situation for him and didn't fit his personality well and he ended up um, finishing his teaching career a 40-year teaching career on a medical leave of absence um, totally stressed out panic attacks um, on some medication needing counseling um, and then had to buy out the last few months or years of his uh, teaching tenure so that he could get the retirement, the state retirement. And, um, you know, I saw that happen during this time when I was, um, you know, running really hard and, and kind of climbing that career ladder and getting 
you know, working, getting degrees, getting a doctorate, coaching, um, having a family, being involved in life here. And I just thought, if that's the way that this is going to end, and I see myself going that direction, uh, I don't know if it's worth it. And I don't, I, I have to do something different. Otherwise, that's likely to be my story. Um, and just, just to kind of wrap up with my dad, he ended up um, coming back to a different school setting after he had retired from the state, it went to a private school, ended up working three or four more years and ended on a positive note. Um, but it took some pretty dire circumstances to kind of bring him to that place. And, and I just, I didn't want to get there, you know, and I heard more and more teachers that I was working with it used to be teachers would say, I'm going to hang in there for one more year till I, you know, till I can get my retirement. And then I heard teachers saying, I'm, I'm just hanging in there for five more years. And then I heard, I heard one teacher say, I'm, I'm, I just have 10 more years until retirement. I'm just hanging in there. And I thought, I don't want to, I don't want to get to the point in my teaching career where I'm hanging in there for 10 more years. That's a, that's a heck of a long time to hang in somewhere. And if I'm not loving every day or loving, I tell people, you know, I want to love nine days out of 10. I, you know, you're going to have a day in two weeks that you're just not loving it. But um, if you're not at least nine days out of 10, where you're looking forward to going to work and being with the people that you're with, um, it, it's time to find something new. And so maybe that's what I did um, is I, I saw that happening or I saw that as my possible end and took a detour because it, it was not, it's not worth it. No, it's not. So a couple of things that you said there really resonate with me. So one reason that I started Burned In Teacher is because those were the types of things that I was saying. Um, you know, gosh, is it Friday yet? Or it's Tuesday, but you know, it's like Monday all over again. You know, those things that, and I don't know if you're on social media or not, but the types of memes and gifts that are out there that sort of glorify this misery that teachers Right. are in and and my my whole message is we have to eradicate that educator martyrdom that martyrdom of our happiness and saying that this is just the way it is and right. teaching just stinks and i'm just going to hang on for retirement or i'm going to hang on until friday or i'm going to hang on until christmas break or i'm just going to try to make it until summer break and you know and i think you know some of that there is some humor in that you know um to kind of relate to other people but that's no way to live a life Right. You know, believing that you can't stay home when you're sick um, or, you know, believing that there there can't be any happiness in this if my administrator, you know, doesn't treat me well or if my students are really rough or um, I can't find any connections with my coworkers or, you know, I got into this teaching thing and I don't know if it's for me, you know, that that type of life, that's not living, that's surviving. Yeah, and yeah. that's no way, that's no way to, to live. Um, so another thing that you said too, is that, you know, you identified those things that happened in your dad's life and that you took those as lessons, you know, of what to look for and what to avoid and what to bring into your life or take out of your life. You know, if, if you saw those things come in, and I think that's really important to kind of highlight because you know, we can become really passive and have blinders on, you know, just what we're doing, what we're doing, what we're doing, and not, not really learning from the things that are happening around us. And I think that's a really important thing to take away here, um, especially as we go into, you know, talking about run hard, rest well, and taking care of ourselves and being mindful and bringing those practices into our lives. Um, 
that, you know, watching people crash and burn around us is a sign that it's possible. And, and, and another thing with Burned In Teacher is really trying to help to bring those things to light and right. so that you can notice if they're happening in your own life. Um, because burnout is clinical depression. And I mean, we're working with kids here. So, you know, this whole idea of saying, I'm just surviving for 10 years, you're going to survive. You're in survival mode in front of children for 10 more years. Right. You know, so how does that affect right. them and their view of education, you know, and their potential to go into education themselves? Exactly. Exactly. I know right now you are, you uh, work at Indiana Wesleyan, but you also, like you said, you just came back from Camp Luther Haven today with June and July focusing on, um, on teacher wellness and self-care, you know, because these are obviously getting into the summer months where we should be taking time to relax and recharge. Tell us a little bit about what the whole idea behind Run Hard, Rest Well is, and how, maybe some practices that teachers could bring into their lives, because I know it's not just for educators. Yeah, yeah, right. We work with anyone, and we're finding this is not just in education. It's in um, business. It's in industry. It's uh, ministry of any kind. Um, even in the pastorate, we're finding uh, we're working with a lot of pastors and churches and missions. Um, just just people that are um, in high burnout or high stress occupations. Um, you know, right now we're working with a group um, that deals with uh, child trafficking, you know, um, and social services. Um, so there's lots of people that are dealing with hard things and teachers um, are, are definitely one of those groups and administrators, people working with kids. And all the trauma that they're facing. So, um, yeah, we're going all over the country, um, all over the world. I presented last month in Mexico, uh, Central Mexico, twice uh, to two different groups down there. I'll be in Vancouver um, and Portland this summer, this fall. Um, so there's people that need this message. And the basic idea um, of run hard, rest well, uh, even though run hard is the first name or first two words, we find that we don't have to spend a whole lot of time on that. People, people are doing that just fine. So we really focus on what it means to rest well. And we start with a new definition of rest. Um, I think in our country, in our society, we've replaced rest with um, leisure or escape. Um, sometimes we binge watch or uh, medicate ourselves or um, do things that maybe disengage our brain, but don't really refresh or restore us. And so when we talk about resting well, we, uh, our definition is doing that which restores. And so if sometimes, and I think teachers are great at this, you know, we have spring breaks coming up or summer break is coming up and we plan every minute of that with activity and fun things or maybe appointments or getting the tires changed or, <laughs> You know, all the stuff we didn't do during the school year, and we fill up those weeks or that week with a bunch of stuff or um, leisure type things, but we get done with that and we need a vacation. And people say, you know, I need a vacation from my vacation because it was so busy and we drove for 19 hours to get back home so we could turn around and come to school and I'm exhausted. And so we're saying, that may have been fun and, you know, go do those things with your family, engage, have, you know, veg out, whatever you got to do, but don't call it rest. 
because it's not really rest. That that is those are um, weaker substitutes for real rest. And so if you don't come back from something restored, uh, refreshed, revitalized, uh, Covey calls it sharpening your saw. If you haven't sharpened yourself mentally, physically, spiritually, emotionally, um, and you're not ready to re-engage, um, then that wasn't restful. And so what does it look like? What does resting well look like in 2019 USA um, culture? And uh, it's different for everybody. That's what I love about this material. It's not a um, you know 10-step process or 12-step process that everybody has to follow. It's more like what is it about? What refreshes you? You know, are you an, an introvert? Are you an extrovert? Um, are you filled up by people? Or are you filled up by solitude? Um, and understanding your own personality, your own makeup, and then finding those things um, that refill you and refresh you. Sometimes rest is activity. So for me, um, educators, for example, you work in a in an industry we, we work in an industry where we don't see the results of our labor mm -hmm. maybe ever mm -hmm. you know if you're working with second graders 10 years later they might graduate they might go to college they might do something with their lives but chances are you you don't see a lot of that so it, you know i i encourage educators to do something where they can see the results of it today painting um crafting um gardening i like to Work in you know work in the yard where I can you know this flower bed is a mess and three hours later it looks great and I I can see the results and I can get my hands dirty and I can sweat and I can do something um, that refreshes me when I'm done I feel ready to re-engage with the papers that are need to be graded and the reports that need to be submitted and the curriculum that needs to be written. Um, because I've done something different. Biking is another one. I love to just, I'll take an hour and a half and, and ride for 20 miles and just go anywhere, take a new route each time. And it, I come back, even though it was active, I come back so refreshed by that. And that's, that's what we're talking about. I can relate to the biking. That's something that my husband and I really enjoy doing together is road biking. Another thing that you said that I really want to highlight too is um, this whole idea of not seeing your end product, you know, really <laughs> having to change your mindset sometimes and enjoying that process over product, which is something that we can also bring into our teaching practice and teaching students that it's about the process, not the product. But I heard a theory several years ago, and I, I can't remember who I heard it from, but they're they're thinking about you know teachers really struggling and and forgetting their purpose can be tracked all the way back to you know henry ford and you know rather than building that whole car yourself you are now on a line just putting one piece in and you don't see that end product and that whole industrialization um of education you know we used to all be in one schoolhouse and your teacher you know if they were there with you the whole time they would see your growth and I think there's a lot of power in that. Um, and even me looping one year with one of my uh, classes, it was really powerful for me to see their growth from beginning second graders to end of the year third graders. Yeah, more of what we've done is maybe accepted that, that you're, you're not going to see the, the final outcome. Even, even if you're working with seniors and they graduate, you still don't know 
and and this is what I found with alternative education. You know, you, you these kids graduate, you give them a diploma, they walk across across the stage, shake their hand, and it might be ten years later that they come back and say, "Thank you, like I I made it finally, and I went through these struggles." Um, some of the some of the kids I worked with spent time in prison. Um, you know, and they made some mistakes and you think, oh, did I, did they remember anything? Did they get any of this? Um, and there, and there's some discouragement that can come. I think that's natural when that happens. And then, and then you see them 10 years down the road and they, they come up and they seek you out at some event or find you on social media and say, Hey, you know what? You did this. 10 years ago, 12 years ago, 15 years ago, and I never forgot it, and it mattered, and it made a difference, thank you. I had a mom come up to me, I don't even really remember her at all, and she said, I just, I just wanna thank you for helping my son get where he needed to go. I'm like, you are welcome. I have no idea, <laughs> I don't remember her son, I don't remember her, but somehow she remembered me, and it made a difference, and who knows how long ago it even was. But those those times are pretty rare where you're gonna get that. And so some of it's just trust and faith that you know you're you're putting in the time. And I, I had never really considered, I guess, the process, really enjoying the process um, and not focusing on the product. So you've given me something to think about. Thank you. Um, what I've typically done is just found other things in my life that I can do that help with that need that I have to kind of see a product or see the result of my labor because I, I may never see the result. I'll, I'll tell you one thing we did with our daughter who's graduating this year is we made her invite all of her previous teachers to her graduation open house and and let them, you know, and just to let them know we didn't forget you, we remembered you, thank you, you played a role in kindergarten, and um, we didn't forget about that, so. Well, I look forward to getting an invitation in a couple years then. <laughs> <laughs> I was so lucky to have your son because yeah. you, you and your wife are very, um, you and Anne are very good at appreciating your, your children's teachers. I know I really appreciated you too. Um, so there's a fun fact. Yeah. I had Nate's son a few years ago in third grade. So let's get back to um, to the steps that you kind of go through um, for through uh, Run Hard Rest Well. So you said the first step was. Well, there are four rhythms. We so we talk about four rhythms, rhythms. of rest. Okay. And um, and these are just these are learned over a lifetime of practice. Um, and so maybe there's the process again. Um, and the more I think you experience each rhythm, the more you want of it and the more you see the value and the benefits in your life. So sleep is the first rhythm of rest uh, that adults need. Sometimes we have this with this myth. In fact, um, CNN just put out a thing last week of 10 myths of um, sleep. And one is that adults don't need as much sleep. That's a myth. Um, we need seven to 10 hours of sleep every night in order to be well rested and to, um, and it, um, yeah, be the best teacher, educator, parent, spouse that we can be. Um, we need that sleep. 
And so, and it's really amazing how many people don't sleep well and don't get that amount of, even if they have a bedtime that they keep and they, you know, don't get up too early, um, that, that night is often restless and um, not good. And so what do we have to do maybe medically um, with how those hours be leading up to sleep, mm -hmm. um, how we spend those time, that time so that we're prepared to, to go to sleep well and to stay asleep, um, some of its diet, some of its exercise, um, but it's just very practical uh, things on screen time, you know, light, um, different things like that, that, that we, we talk through tips on sleeping well, because that's the, I mean, I know how awful I am when I don't get a good night's sleep. I don't know anybody who's a better person for less sleep. Yeah, so we start there. Uh, let's, let's get a good rest and you know, maybe napping is a part of that. Um, you know, right when you get home from school, if you can take a 10 or 20 minute, just I need some horizontal time. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, let the, let the TV watch your kids for 20 minutes. They're not going to die. Yeah. Um, and, you know, have you ever read anything? Have you ever read anything by Daniel Pink? I have not. So he wrote this really great book called When. And it actually goes into this idea of, of rest and really following your body's own natural cycles of, of rest and productivity. And one thing that I took away from that book, and I listened to books on Blinkist, um, one thing that I took away from listening to that was the Nappuccino. Have you ever heard of the Nappuccino before? No. <laughs> so the, the theory goes is that if you brew yourself a cup of coffee or a cup of hot green tea, you know, whatever your thing is with caffeine in it, you, you brew it, you drink it, you enjoy it, and then you lay down for a nap because apparently it takes about 20 minutes for the caffeine to kick in. So you catch a quick nap and when you wake nice. up, then you are energized. Nappuccino. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> it yeah, is great. So, that works. Um, so that's where we start. <clears throat> uh, the second rhythm uh, we call Sabbath, which is um, kind of a, a Jewish term, a Bible term. Um, but, you know, we use it in business and industry and in higher ed for sabbatical. It's that idea of an extended break. Um, uh, and typically we, we start with a day. So you work six days or, you know, you have your normal activities. And then there's one, is there one day in the week that you could identify that's different from the others? Where for me, since I work from home now, um, teaching online, um, the benefit is I never have to go to work. The downside is I never leave work because my work is always here. And, and so I have to have a day for my family, for my marriage, for my most important relationships where I shut it off. Mm -hmm. And I tell my students, I tell my colleagues, I'm not going to be available for these 24 hours. And I need you to understand that. And I work with administrators to say, what if you didn't email your teachers on the weekend or Sunday or whatever day, you know, pick a day, I don't care what it is, but give them a break and let them have a different routine. And so we talk about that Sabbath rest, that six on, one off, six on, one off. I really like that. Um, I can kind of relate to that too um, with my husband. You know, Jeff is a principal. Right. And he is shocked because he is, 
in so many ways I learned from my husband, you know, Jeff, well, yep. um, and, and one thing that he is very good at, he is very good at shutting it off. He's very good at saying enough is enough. This, this is it. I'm done. And it, with sun, you know, with weekends, he's very good at that balance of saying, I have been working hard, typically 12 hour days as a principal. Um, and you know, on the weekend, really shutting it down. And he is really surprised at how many teachers email him on a Saturday or a Sunday. And he's, he, he often says, he'll say, I can't believe that these teachers feel like it's necessary to email. He's of course not mad, but there's almost sort of a sympathetic vibe to, you know, I feel yeah. sorry for them. They feel that they have to connect with me on right. their weekend. This is yeah. their time and they're, and they're emailing me. So um, that's interesting to bring that up. All right. So what's the next one? The next one is stillness. So these are all S words. I don't know if you're seeing the progression. I am. Um, and, and it's the idea of um, uh, just being quiet and being still. And we're, we live in an age of constant motion, of constant noise, constant distraction. Uh, is there a time, and maybe it's a short time each day, uh, maybe it's a longer time on the weekends, maybe, you know, once a month or every six months. I, I, I consider this kind of like um, any, any good relationship. So I'm thinking of my wife, um, a, a relationship with my spouse, that there, there has to be time where we just connect and, and talk. And, um, and it's not the transactional, like who's picking up the kids, who's making supper, you know, what do we got going on tonight? It's how are you doing? And those should be extended times, um, you know, as you go through the year and you've got maybe a date night once a month or uh, a weekend on your anniversary where you're having extended times. Well, we need, we need this time, I think, just, just as, as human beings to connect with um, someone or something bigger than us that, um, that helps us. It's like the, the white hot why. Why am I here? Why do, what's the meaning in all of this? Because if I'm just nose to the grindstone and I'm churning out all this stuff and climbing the career ladder, and I never take a minute to just stop and look around and think and remember why is it that I wanted to be a teacher? Why is it that I love education? And you never just take time to be still and think, um, it, you, you're going to burn out. Because um, that's, it's, it's not that teachers are struggling so much with how do I teach, I think the bigger question is why? Why am I doing this? And and we've got to spend some time going back to that. Um, why am I here? What's what's my purpose? What am I doing um, with all of this? And those those need to be extended times. If I'm if it's just a little bit here and there, it's not enough. Mm -hmm. And um, I think the nice thing about the teacher year is there are breaks built in where you can. And schedule and we and we talk about being intentional schedule times of stillness where I'm going to be unavailable for an hour I'm going to be unavailable for part of a day and I'm not going to be shopping and I'm not going to be doing something productive I'm going to do I'm going to take a bike ride and I'm going to be unavailable for the next hour and a half and you're just going to have to leave a message 
Yeah. Um, I'm and I'm I'm going to just be in the silence. So. And help me to clarify that being still does not mean sitting with your hand, your phone in your left hand and your right, right. finger swiping. Right. Because what I'm seeing here, and I, I, this is not going to be news to anybody, is that when you're swiping, whether you're swiping through Pinterest, yeah. whether you're swiping through Instagram, Facebook, my mind is not still when I'm doing that because I'm thinking like, oh, I wish I had that or, yeah. wow, that's a really cool classroom. Can't do that wow, look at that family on that vacation. We didn't go there. Then you're, 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 you're saying you're becoming your own worst enemy. You're talking about how bad you have it compared to everybody else. And it became, you know, now you're comparing yourself. Yeah. Yeah. So let me ask you this, uh, Nate, um, in, in this idea of stillness, and you said, you know, time to, to kind of reevaluate your purpose and your why, is this a good time? Because I do talk to teachers that I work with about, taking time to reflect on your challenges. That's actually what R means in burned in. Is this, would this fit inside of this part of, of resting well is really sitting back and thinking, okay, what is my purpose? Why do I teach? What is it, yes. you know, why am I doing this? But also these four things I can't let go of. These four challenges, these four struggles are, are really, they're more than challenging me. They are paining me. Is this a time for you to really think about what it is that you can actually do? You know, and I kind of, I talked about the serenity prayer um, a week or two ago on the podcast. Is this a time for you to do that evaluation of what can I and what can't I control? Um, what can I change? What can't I change? You know, what, and what steps do I need to take to actually start to find some solutions to these things that I can control? Definitely. Yeah, this is reflection. This is meditation. It's, I call it heads up time. So most of our life is heads down, like mm -hmm. task oriented. And this is, uh, where am I going? Mm -hmm. What's, what's the end here? Um, I, you know, people say I, I spent my whole life climbing the ladder and I realized I was on the wrong wall yes. you know, yeah. against the wrong wall. And, and am I really like going back to my father, I, I, I started to look up and see that's the end that I have if I keep going down this path at this pace. And I don't want that. Mm -hmm. And so something's gonna have to change. I'm gonna have to put something different in my life to make sure that I don't end there on a medical leave in a hospital somewhere. Because that's, and we're seeing it, we see it in higher ed. There's more and more long-term medical leaves and people with, things that they can hardly even diagnose. It's stress, it's exhaustion, it's, um, it affects us physically in a, in a profound way. Um, I even encourage administrators, they're doing it anyway, encourage your people to take a mental health day. Mm -hmm. You know, it's kind of the joke in education, well, I'm, I'm using one of my sick days as a mental health day, Great. Yeah. I, I, I lose you for one day, so I don't have to lose you for six months. Excellent. It's, it's it. really time to, to stop the shame surrounding yeah. burnout. Um, and that's another reason that I started doing these interviews um, and started the podcast is because it's time, it's time to stop. It's time, it's time to stop joking about it. It's time to yeah. stop the stigma and it's time to start bringing in real solutions. And one of those solutions is take a sick day, take a, whatever you want to call it, 
Yeah. You know, take a personal day. You know, how many times have you heard teachers too, where they're like, yeah, personal day. Ha. You know, it's like, what's funny about that? That's what they're there for. You know, so it's really or, interesting. Or yeah, wearing it as a badge of honor that I've saved up 144 personal days or sick days. Use mm -hmm. those. That's one of our inventory questions is, did I use my personal time and my vacation time this year? Mm -hmm. um, and it's for all, all industries. Teachers don't really have vacation time, but it, you know, we have those breaks. Did you really use it to rest and to rest well and to rejuvenate yourself? Um, or did you just keep banking them and mm -hmm. hoping that someday, because maybe that's what we do, we assume someday I'm gonna be on a six month medical leave and I'm gonna need all these days. <laughs> That's a what really morbid just, way of looking what, at it, but I think it might be true. <laughs> what if we took them on a regular basis, on a rhythm? And that's why we talk about instead of balance, sometimes, we, you know, balance is tricky, but rhythm is something that I can practice. It's, and I've heard people call it harmony as well. There's no such thing as work-life balance. It's work-life harmony. Right. It's, mm -hmm. it's those, yeah, and all of life is a rhythm. It's breathing mm -hmm. in and breathing out. And, and if all we're doing is consuming and taking and working, um, we're not in balance. We're not in rhythm. We're not in a healthy rhythm. That you, you just can't maintain it. Yeah, um, Hubby that. says, uh, well, it's sharpen the saw. I have to stop mowing the yard to work on my mower to make sure that I can mow the yard for a long time. If I'm running a marathon, there was one funny thing where I saw a documentary on a marathon. They were going to try to beat how many, uh, six, five hours or whatever the anyway and the the one guy said he had never taken a drink break and in all of it he's this super marathoner one of the best in the world but he would go past the drink breaks and never take any water during the entire marathon and he realized he said that like his coaches were finally telling him you have to take water like you'll and he was like it's really amazing how much better i did when i <laughs> took a minute or took a drink of water yeah. but he thought it was slowing him down it was allowing him to go faster because mm -hmm. he would take those little breaks. So I, I completely we have this idea that we just have to continue to be productive. And we're saying you can rest guilt-free. We, mm -hmm. we, we don't use shame, we, but it's the same thing. It's, I, I feel guilty if I'm not producing something. And we're mm -hmm. saying, it's okay. It's all right. We're giving you permission to rest. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes that's all some people need is that permission to say, you mean I'm not lazy? You mean I'm not a bad teacher? You mean I'm not a bad mom? So yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. And what is the last one? Solitude. And this is, um, again, it doesn't have to be stillness. It could be on a bike, but I just, I just need to be, I just need to be alone. And I need to have some space for me and and to think and to dream and to plan and to be and and um, we don't know how to be alone uh, we always have to be and if it's either our phone or people you know or noise but can i and a lot of these go together so you may get sabbath and stillness and solitude all on the same day and that's that's when that fills you up and then you're ready to go back monday morning and hit it because you been refreshed and you've had a good night's sleep and you know so a lot of these overlap but those are the four that we really uh work on um mm -hmm. and so it's the idea of personal retreat getting away that's that's what i that's how i experienced this was 
time of solitude. Go to a cabin, go outside, be by water, be in nature, um, get away from the concrete and the glass. Um, and sometimes this could be your lunch break. Mm -hmm. Most of our schools have green space and blue space around them. There's ponds, there's rivers, there's woods, there's grass, but we stay the entire day, all of our kids and all of our teachers cooped up in glass and concrete. And I tell teachers, take your lunch outside. Mm -hmm. Go play recess with the kids. You know, they're like, recess, that's my time. You know, that's my time of solitude. Okay, fine, go the other direction. Go to the other side of the building, find a bench. I tell the administrators, do you not have picnic tables around your building for your teachers to sit on and have lunch? Oh, no, I never thought about that. Mm -hmm. Why not? Mm -hmm. Put a bench outside. Let people be outside. There's something refreshing about breathing yeah. the outside air and seeing nature and hearing the birds and all of it. Um, you yeah. know, I think you bring up you bring up an interesting point, too, about, you know, teachers saying, well, that's my time to plan. That's my time, you know. Um, I think that too can go back to, you know, what we can and cannot control. I know another, another badge of honor is that busyness, that being the last car in the parking lot, that, you know, wearing that stress, that all these things that you have to do is sort of a badge of honor. Um, and, you know, humble bragging about how much you have to do as a teacher. And, and something that I really work on with teachers too is helping them to realize, you know, you really do have a lot of choice and what type of work that you're putting on yourselves. Yes, of course, we have initiatives, we have things that we have to do, but there are a lot of times that myself as a teacher that, you know, we'd have an initiative or we'd have something that we were doing and I would 10X the work myself because of those high expectations. You know, Brene Brown talks about, you know, perfectionism and wanting that gold star and wanting to be the best. And, you know, those, affirm those, those um, actions of affirmation are what make you feel like you're doing a good job. And we have to change our mindset about that. You know, do what you got to do to get the job done. You know, be a, a happy, delightful, joyful teacher, you know, bringing these practices into your life. Um, you know, you, you really do have more control over those things and you really believe that you do yes. if, you, if you take yeah. time to be still and to, to really think about, okay, I am working every night, I'm working every weekend, I'm working every, every prep period, every time that I'm by myself, I am nose to the grindstone. I love how you said head down um, and really thinking about what, what can I do, what can I do about this? Well, we used to have that before we had phones, you know, you're waiting in line or waiting in a stoplight and you just your mind would wander and you would think of things and you would have daydreaming. Mm -hmm. I've, I've read articles that say daydreaming is lost. We don't daydream. We don't. And so all of that creativity time that our brains used to have is filled with information now mm -hmm. and news and gossip and whatever. Um, and there's always something to occupy that space. My brain is never um, in that creative space mm -hmm. that, that it needs. And um, so, yeah, it, it's intentionally taking things off of your phone and, and turning your phone off. You know, what if it, what if somebody had to leave a message? Yeah, there's voicemails oh, no. for a reason, right? <laughs> right? But we feel like we have to always be available. And I, I think my students now, they'll, they'll comment at the end of the class. They said they appreciate knowing, and I, I'm serious about it. Like they'll email me on Sunday and I just tell them, that's fine. 
I'll, I'll answer that Monday morning. And then at the end of the class, they, they say, I thought that was gonna be a problem because I do a lot of my grad work on Sundays, but I really respected that. And it actually forced me back to my family and my most important relationships because I realized I'd get to a stopping point and I'm not gonna get a response today. And so I'm gonna go spend some time with my kids. Hallelujah. That was excellent. <laughs> mm -hmm. That was a win in my book, you know, and they realized at the end that was the best thing for them. And I've started incorporating these concepts in with our curriculum and our reflection time and our discussions. This is what gets reported. They love this conversation because not very many people are having this conversation. Mm -hmm. Well, and I hope this creates more of a conversation. I hope that this I hope that this interview gets out to more people, and I really hope that the teachers that really need to hear this hear it. So, if you're a listener and you are thinking right now about a specific person that really needs to hear these practices and these rhythms of rest, please share this episode with them. This is incredible, incredible practice and information. Nate, can you tell us is there anything else about these rhythms of rest um, from Run Hard Rest Well that we should know about and um, help us to know how we can learn more about this organization? Yeah, I would say um, go to the website runhardrestwell.com and there's a blog there. You can sign up for a weekly email. It's a, just a real short reminder. One week it's more of like a meme or like a short thing, and then in the next week it might be a you know, three or 400 word kind of little essay. I've written some of those. Um, most of, some of those are from a medical perspective. Some of those are from a faith perspective. Uh, that's where kind of the organization began, but we're beginning to get more and more requests for workplace wellness initiatives, which is, I think, more of what we're talking about here. So, um, so anyway, th th there's tons of information on the website about how to get plugged in. Um, how to do retreats, how to um, have one of our presenters come do what we do, education workshops all over the country um, for teachers and administrators. And um, there's ongoing work that we can do. There's a book you can buy um, that's kind of a study. I call it the uh, rest workbook. Um, <laughs> Does it, does it walk you through how to run yes. hard and rest well? Yes. <laughs> so it many does. terms. It is it's <laughs> unfamiliar territory for mm -hmm. most of us, myself included. And so we need a guide. We need somebody to help us learn these things because it's, um, we live in a world that it's not natural to have the, this conversation. And so, so I would encourage people to start there. And um, yeah, if they're interested in more, reach out through the website. Um, you can find me on there. And Brenda Jank is the um, um, founder of the organization. And yeah, we're just, we're growing all the time. So That's so exciting. I can't wait to hear more about this. And the more you talk about it, the more I feel like we need to talk later about how maybe we can organize something for our local teachers in the area. Definitely. Mm -hmm. Okay. There's one more part of this interview because we always get so serious and so deep in this conversation of burnout. It's called the Burned and Teacher Lightning Round. So basically what I'm going to do is just give you a couple of choices, this or that, and you let me know uh, what it is that you would choose. Just okay. right off the top of your head, okay? Are you ready? Go. Okay, so one of these is strategically placed. All right, younger or older? 
Older. Okay. Alone or in a crowd? Alone. <laughs> Good answer. Real or artificial? Real. And <laughs> call or text? Call. <laughs> I thought you would say neither. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much, Nate. It was so nice to talk with you about yeah. this incredibly important topic of, of wellness, self-care, rest, and, and the balance between all of those things that, that make us you know, happier, more fulfilled human beings, like you said earlier. Well, thank you for the opportunity, Amber. It's good to reconnect and you're doing good work. Um, and I think this is probably just the beginning. Oh, well, I hope so. Thanks again.